Hello, we want to welcome you to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue in our Bible Words series. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we're pleased to once again have the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders, spearheading this podcast series. Dr. Sanders has been on staff here at DCC for more than six years now and is going to be sharing his insights into a word we we hear thrown around in our churches quite often today, the word justice. And joining Dr. Sanders for today's discussion will be Dr. Mark Halen, the head of DCC's Bible Department. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Dr. Sanders, and let you lead into this week's podcast on Bible words. Yes, thanks. So justice, as you mentioned, is a very popular word now. Mm-hmm. Depending on your context, you've probably heard the word a lot over the last 10 to 20 years. Interestingly, justice has always fueled Scripture. Here's what I think the Bible means by justice. Justice reflects God through proper actions. Justice reflects God through proper actions. And that's plural, actions. Not just one, not just believing, not just going to church, but plural, multiple actions. Those actions, the proper actions, they are directed to both God and others. Here's the passage with justice in it that everyone knows. You can find it on tumblers and coffee cups in in any church and many cars. Micah 6.8, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does Yahweh require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That is a great verse, a verse we all cling to, and when we hear it, we say, you know what, that that is a good one. It's a powerful idea to live by, and it is how the church should live today. Before we zero in on justice any more than the definition, I want to pause for a second because we got to kind of take a, a detour just a little bit. Do you know what the opposite of justice is? Or when I say, what's the opposite of justice? What are some words that come to mind? Injustice, corruption, uh, inequity. Yes, yes, those and and a lot more. And you could just look around the world and find plenty of those. Thank you. Those are certainly on target. I got an image for you on our slight detour. You ready? Fire away. Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah. They're often paired together. It was an ancient city that was put in ruins. It was destroyed. Sodom was a cesspool of ethical and moral filth. It's the worst place on earth. It was the worst place on earth. Sodom becomes an archetype in Scripture for a culture and a way of living that is indulgent, self-centered. The words you mentioned, it just it rejects God and all that he stands for at every level. A flasher should be going off saying, wait a second, do, do I live near Sodom? Yes, it's right down the street from all of us. You don't have to travel very far to find Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the place where people indulge their selfish desires through their actions, the opposite of justice. You can find one in your community easily. Here's what happened in Sodom. We're going to go to Genesis 18 just for a moment. In Genesis 18, God shows up to Abraham. God appearing as three visitors is welcomed by Abraham 
and Sarah, they prepare for God in welcoming ways. They extend a warm welcome. The visitors, or God, asks about Sarah. They say they will return in about a year, and Sarah will have a son. And many of us know this story. Sarah laughs, where Isaac get his name, gets his name. She lies about laughing and has to face God about that. There's plenty more to that story, but let's keep moving towards Sodom. The visitors leave Abraham and Sarah. They head towards Sodom. God then inquires if they should reveal this to Abraham, what's about to happen. And our word justice is just about to show up. God reveals that Abraham is chosen to become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations will be blessed through him. This jumps back to Genesis 12 and the the promise and blessing there. This is significant. This promise of God is significant because God is about to destroy one mighty nation in, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were mighty nations. They were significant. They were well known. Abraham's nation will continue while Sodom ceases to continue. Here's what God says. I have chosen Abraham that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of Yahweh by doing righteousness and justice, so that Yahweh may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. I have chosen Abraham that his household after him will keep the way of Yahweh by doing justice. Abraham and his family after him, which I think includes us, they have an expectation. They have an expectation for proper action. So at the very heart, at the very beginning, and at the very core of Christianity is an expectation. The expectation relates to biblical justice. It's closely tied to justice. Abraham was to reflect God through proper actions. Or in the case of Sodom, Sodom reflected wickedness and all the things you listed through improper actions. Sodom has quite the reputation. Its main problem, though, was wickedness. Sodom was filled with sexual immorality, idolatry, bloodshed, corruption, arrogance, affluence, affluence, and callousness to the needy. The people of Sodom were over-proud, over-fed, and under-concerned. Sound like any place you know? By the way, uh, my, this paragraph especially, my thoughts are extremely shaped by Christopher Wright's discussion of Sodom and the mission of God's people. I would highly point you to that very helpful discussion of Sodom and his exploration in relation to the word justice and righteousness there. We're focusing on justice and how it is proper action. Sodom was improper action. Does this make sense? Are you tracking along? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sodom is injustice at its fullness. We have very concrete and specific actions. Corruption, arrogance, sexual immorality, idolatry, the list goes on. How are you feeling? It's like, okay, where's justice? (laughs) We have to see the concrete actions of injustice to help us understand the concrete actions of justice. You don't have to look far to realize we live in Sodom. Injustice is everywhere, and that's why we chose this word. We need to talk about this word. Our world needs more justice. 
Justice reflects God's goodness through proper actions. Look at how concrete Leviticus is. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring the length, weight, or quantity. For us today, this image is when we weigh bananas or get 16 gallons of gas. You'll see some sort of government sticker on the pump or register that the state has put there that shows, hey, if you are charged for a pound of bananas, you're going to get a pound of bananas. The biblical idea for that is justice. So how can we concretely live out justice today? How can we reflect God's goodness through proper actions? Well, many subcultures cry out, we are socially just, or we're improving our social justice component. Are they right? Any social justice movement that misses the mark when it starts with a human standard rather than God's. And this is where, this is where I'm glad culture is talking about justice, but I think it's often missed because justice is based on God and his actions, his character, and what proper actions are according to the Bible. I know there are lots of problems. Many problems have been ignored for way too long. Lots of unfair problems and issues everywhere we look. The conflict happens in relationship to justice on where the standard is applied. Where the standard is applied. The standard that needs applied must come solely from God. It must start and originate with God. I think Christian groups face trouble and challenges when they attempt to address a problem, when they attempt to be just, but they leave God out of the equation. And just because God is mentioned doesn't mean that it's from Him. There is a standard in Scripture, and that standard is understood through the concept of justice. Is this making sense? Yes. You know, the, the, that, that passage in Genesis 18, it's not simply the way, it's the way of Yahweh. And that phrase, the way of Yahweh, is found repeatedly in the Old Testament, you know, that there is a standard, and it's centered in the character and the actions modeled. Uh, For you were once slaves in Egypt. That's why you treat the foreigner among you this way. Act this way, because that's the way I acted toward and act toward you. And it's encouraging that our culture is sensitive to this, to caring for others. It's part of the image of God that we have this deep-down sense that there's a standard out there, but without explicit connection to Yahweh, humans will always miss the standard. And that's where our culture goes awry. Our culture is spiritual, not necessarily religious, you hear that a lot, Everyone, everyone can have a word from God and say they reflect God's ways and they're just, but this is where Scripture is really helpful. You know what Exodus labels God's laws and regulations and standards? It calls them justices. And, and that's an image for us today. When, when I say the word justice or justices, plural, you think of judges sitting up front. Well, in ancient Israel, when they heard the word justices, they immediately went to the Ten Words, the Ten Commands, and Moses' explanation of those in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Justice 
The justices means it's a standard, it's a regulation, it's a rule, it's a law, it's a right. Uh, other concepts along those lines is translated a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Moses says, hey, here are God's justices, much in the same way our culture says, hey, here are justices. Here's the nine of them. Here's a picture of them. With biblical justice, these are God's standards for living for us. Here's God's regulation. Here are the rights of a person in this situation. So where should we get God's standards for justice in Scripture? You know, there's there's a lot of places. And I think a very helpful concrete one that if we had plenty of time, you know, and we could spend a whole series on on just that question, where where should we get these? I think for this moment, for today, for justice, Galatians 5 is the place to start. Mm-hmm. So justice must come from somewhere outside of us. Galatians 5 is a helpful place to start, I believe. First, we got to back up, and this is an interesting parallel with justice because In Galatians 5, Paul lists the works of the flesh. Then we'll look at the works of the Spirit. We'll see Sodom, and then we'll see the high calling of our Savior. Here's what Galatians 5.19 says. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, and the list goes on. He's listing how Sodom lived. The list demonstrates injustice. Now here is the list of justice, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you think for a moment, who reminds you of Sodom on the list? What parts of culture really say, oh, that's Sodom? And then on the other side, what reminds you of the fruit of the Spirit? Hopefully your church and your Christian group, it's like, yes, those are the places where I can find peace and goodness and gentleness. Now, the word justice in Scripture is a very legal word, a similar day. When you say justice, you think of judges, as we talked about courtroom, stuff like that. What's powerful about Paul's list, the fruit of the Spirit, is what he says right after the list. Look at this. Against such things there is no law. He's seeing the fruit of the Spirit here in the legal terms just as was found throughout the Old Testament. This is the way to live. How do you live a just life? Well, this list shows us Be so incredibly kind that it shocks people. Be unbelievably kind and even just try it for a day or be kind for an hour. That really, really models God's justice. Justice reflects God through proper action. If Sodom is the image of injustice, the biblical city of of the New Jerusalem is the image of ultimate justice. And we long to move there. We've all seen movies with perfect utopian cities or read books where you've said, yes, maybe one day. But I think Scripture's concept of justice is saying, hey, uh, this can happen now. You can put up street signs in your neighborhood that point to the New Jerusalem through the way you live, through the way you act, through the way I act. We're not in the new creation yet where love, joy, peace, and more 
are found every moment of the day. But as a Christian, we can model that justice now. So be the arrow that points to ultimate kindness. The arrow points to God and his new creation. Reflect God through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting connection between justice and the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not just, you know, a fantastic, you know, you know, hermeneutical gyration, gymnastics maneuver, uh, because justice is character of God, and fruit of the Spirit means the fruit which is produced by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It is the life that naturally flows forth. My high school biology teacher taught us that fruit is the product of a mature plant. And when we are mature in Christ and we are replicating his character through the power of the Spirit, we will have love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, all those aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. So that's a, that's a wonderful connecting uh, between the Testaments of those concepts. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Sanders. Thank you, Dr. Halen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of our DCC Leadership Podcast. Remind that you can check out other episodes on a lot of different platforms and share those with family members, loved ones. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podfriend. Uh, again, if you'd like to learn more about Dallas Christian College, specifically our NOW Capital Campaign and how you can partner with us, to help fund student scholarships or support the Worley Student Life Center, you can check out our website at www.dallaspartners.org. You can find out more specific information about degree plans and available scholarships at dallas.edu. Here at Dallas Christian College, we educate and mentor students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. That's our mission, and we're thankful you joining us today to hear our series on Bible words. We pray that you have been challenged and inspired, and you'll look at the world maybe a little different through the eyes of God's justice. Take care, have a great day, and we'll catch you next time.